welcome in to the Get Out of the Form podcast. I'm your host, Joe Wilkie. In this week's episode, I want to take a look at the idea of confession. Now, back in episode eight, I believe, we talked about coming clean to your significant other or to your spouse. Maybe they don't know about your addiction, and so if they don't and you're looking to tell them, I would consider going back and just listening to episode eight. In that one, I talked a little bit about confession, but I wanted to do more of a deep dive on what do you do when maybe you've been sober for three, four, five months. Your spouse is starting to heal, starting to, to believe that maybe this is a legitimate thing, maybe you actually are getting out of this, and then you relapse. What do you do then? What do you do when, uh, we've talked about accountability partners as well, but what do we do when maybe you have to tell your accountability partners? And specifically, what do you do when you've gone a long time in between relapses? Maybe even up to a year, two years, whatever it is. What do you do then? How do you confess that to somebody else? Because this is when it gets very, very difficult. It's almost easier to confess when it's week by week because everybody kind of has the expectations set low that, well, he's probably going to tell me he's been struggling or, or whatever it may be. But this is difficult when we start to build up some progress and we start to feel like maybe we're getting out of this. Maybe we've actually beat this. Well, then we fall back into it and then confession is very difficult. Now, we've talked before about making sure that we don't allow these relapses to just compound where, well, I've already relapsed once and so what's five more times this week or whatever. I'm already going to have to tell my accountability partner, my wife, and so I might as well just blow it. It's obviously a wrong attitude to have. We want to make sure that even after one relapse, we repent, we recognize God has saved me from this, and this really isn't what I want. So even if we do relapse, which let's hope we don't, but even if we do, we have to make sure that we are on the right trajectory moving forward of I don't, I'm not just going to use this as an opportunity to act out as much as I want because that's not what I want and that's not what I need. What I really needed in that moment was connection or whatever else. And we, so we kind of psychoanalyze the reason we fell, the reason we relapsed, and that helps us make sure that we don't go back into it. But what do we do in terms of telling somebody, confessing this? There's no easy way to put it. There's no easy way to, to say I've relapsed specifically to your spouse, specifically when you feel like you've started to heal, when you feel like they've started to heal, they're in a better place. So what are some tips along the way? First and foremost, you have to make sure that sobriety doesn't become another one of your, from an IFS perspective, kind of one of your managers, or that it becomes your identity. I'm the sober guy, because then it's really difficult to confess when you've been the sober guy for a long time. I'm the guy who doesn't relapse. I'm the guy who doesn't fall. Well, then you're going to find yourself not only having to confess, but having to break identity at that point if you do ever relapse. I'm no longer the sober guy. So I have built the last six months, however long it's been, concocting this or coming up with this new identity of I was the addict and now I'm sober. Now I'm sober. I'm the sober guy. I'm I'm Mr. Sobriety. Not anymore. In one second, you know, with the snap of your finger, boom, you're done. You're no longer Mr. Sober. Well, who are you? Are you back to being the addict? And so you swing back and forth on this pendulum swing from I'm a no good addict who is addicted all the time to I'm Mr. Sober and I never fall. In reality, we have to stay closer to the middle, which is I'm I could go back into my addiction if I'm not careful, if I'm not vigilant. I have to make sure I'm not swinging too far and making this my identity so that it, if and when I go to confess, I'm having to break my identity. I'm no longer sober guy. And I struggle with this as well as a therapist, that I can so easily be, I'm the guy that helps people get out of porn, that if I ever struggle or if, if I ever relapse or whatever it is, I'm afraid that that would be the case, that it would be very difficult for me to admit a relapse because 
well, I'm the guy who helps people get out of it. I have to make sure that I stay grounded and that I am, I remember where I came from. I remember that, hey, I have been an addict and it would be easy for me to go back into it if I'm not careful. I've structured my life as such that that's not the case where I'm, you know, I'm not going back into it and I don't think I would, but at the same time, I have to be careful that I haven't constructed my identity around the pornography addiction guru. That's not true. That's not me. I could easily fall back into it if I'm not vigilant, and so can you. And so confession is a lot easier when you're not having to break identity in that moment and you're recognizing this is all part of the process and a part of that marathon that we've discussed before. So that would be the first thing. The second thing I would say is there's a bite the bullet approach and eat the frog and, and the idea of eating the frog in the morning. Do it before it becomes too difficult. I have, in my marriage, I have had times where I've struggled and it is insanely difficult after that first day to admit because the longer you go out, you kind of have this idea of, well, if I wait two, two, three days, if I wait even a week, then I can go back and say, hey, a week ago I did this. And I've made this mistake. I've done this. But where you wait for a week or two weeks or whatever else thinking that will soften the blow. But in reality, I don't think it softens the blow as much as it causes them to go, you've been lying to me for two weeks? Well, I haven't been lying. I've just been covering up. Well, that, that doesn't help, right? <laughs> that doesn't help that you've covered up for the last two weeks or a month or whatever else. Hey, a month ago I did this. What we want to do is prove that we have gained a month of sobriety or a week or two weeks of sobriety again so that they can trust it. But I also find that they weren't involved in that process in, in the last month of sobriety. All they hear is, you have been covering this up for the last month. How do I know I can trust you? So I would say, talk with them sooner than later. Talk with them if you can the day of and say, hey, this happened today. Here's why I think it happened. I've checked it in. Always check in with your accountability partners first. That is something that helps create safety for the woman is I am proactive in this and I've already come clean to my accountability partners. We've already talked through it and I'm bringing this to you having already gotten a plan as what we're going to do and I would love if you could help me in this plan. If your wife is open and amiable to that, utilize her as somebody who can help you capitalize on the moment. And what I mean by that is don't let the relapse define you. Let it be a spark for greater sobriety than the last time. Let it be a spark for your relationship where she's going to be very hurt. You're going to have to deal with maybe the barb she throws your way or whatever else. But ultimately, you may be able to use this to say, I do need your help. And can you help me in this if we do Thanos check-ins, right? If we can check in, if we can, um, if we can be a team in beating this and getting through this. So it's very important that you use this not as an opportunity to end the relationship or, or to do irreparable harm, but to see this as a bump along the way that if managed appropriately, if I validate my wife and her hurt, if I accept responsibility and I don't get defensive about it, if I'm willing to apologize and say, here's my plan of action to get better and I would love if you could help me with it, you have a much greater opportunity to strengthen the marriage than to hurt it. In the long run, that is. Initially, it's not going to feel like you're strengthening the marriage, of course. It's going to hurt like crazy, and, and it's not going to be good. But eventually, she will recognize, I can trust that he's going to tell me the truth very quickly, and I can trust that he's going to have me involved in the process, and he's we're going to do some check-ins and whatnot, and I'm going to help him be vigilant. That helps when it comes to confessing. So what I mean by eat the frog in the morning is like, if you have a frog to eat, when's the best time to do it? It's disgusting. You could push it till the end of the day and have to worry about it, or you could just eat it first thing in the morning and, and get on with your life. Uh, I don't know who came up with that illustration, but I don't know where that comes from. I'm sure there's a, a logical, and maybe many of you listeners know where that comes from. I don't. 
all I know is the the theory there is correct. The idea behind it is correct, which is if you have tough things to tackle, such as confession, just do it. Do it first thing. The next thing I'd say, and this is where it's, how do I go about it? Do I do I smooth talk or do I just you know, let her know exactly what I'm looking at and exactly what I did, like how much, what's the line on this, how much do I tell her? Those are some very difficult, nuanced questions. What I will say is more is better than less, but we want to make sure we're not giving her things to trigger her. I was looking at a redhead that had such and such size breast. No, no, she does not need to have any concept of what you were looking at, in my opinion, because I don't want that going into her mind. That's not fair to her. That's not fair. She needs to know that Yes, I was looking at something that I shouldn't. She probably will ask questions. It's not really healthy for her to know the answers to that because she doesn't need to have mental pictures of what you quote unquote desire more than her. It's not true. That's not that's not what's going on. But most women, most wives do not realize that. They think that they're in competition with the woman you're looking at. That's not true. But once again, we have to validate that and see it from their perspective, which of course it's going to seem true to them. You want that redhead more than you want me. This is why you don't tell them in your confession exactly what you're looking at, but you do own up to, yes, I did relapse. And maybe you relapsed three times in a day. The temptation is I relapsed today. And she's thinking, okay, you relapsed once. And in reality, you relapsed three separate times. And once again, I've fallen prey to this where it's easy to, it's very easy to convince yourself that, well, I, you know, I only relapsed once or whatever it is. Make sure that you're telling your accountability partners, make sure you're telling your wife the full truth, which is, I struggled a lot today, and I relapsed three separate times. I could not get out of this rut. That's the scariest thing in the world to tell her. You're afraid that you're going to break her trust, you're going to you're gonna break the marriage, you're going to break a lot of things, and your marriage may be on the line. No doubt. I, I, I'm not sugarcoating this and acting like, well, this is easy to do. This is one of the hardest things to do in the world. Your marriage may be on the line, and you know that by me confessing this to her, that might break the marriage. She's already told me if I confess one more time, she's getting a divorce. So what are our options? We lie to her. We cover it up. We pretend that it didn't happen. Well, No marriage is going to be based on that. No good marriage going forward. So maybe you have a marriage intact, but what kind of marriage do you have intact? The type where you cover up anything that makes you look less than perfect. That's not a marriage. That's, that's not a good relationship. That's nothing. So yeah, she's staying in the relationship, but at what cost? You having to fake perfection. You and I both know you're not perfect, and she does too. So this is about, confession is not about her response to it. It's about you being able to look yourself in the mirror. And that's what I've noticed. Anytime I've had to confess a lust or a slip or whatever it is, a relapse, it really is about, can I look myself in the mirror and be proud of who I see at night? If I know that there's there's an unrepented or unconfessed aspect of what I've done, and I am going to bed with my wife, Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I, you got to look yourself in the mirror and go, I'm a man of integrity. I'm a stand-up man who's going to tell her the truth, even if it hurts, especially if it hurts, because it's going to hurt. But I'm still going to do it, because that's raw, that's honest, and that's the kind of man I'm trying to be. So confession is more about you and your relationship with yourself than it is about the relationship with the person you're confessing to. We have to keep that top of mind as we're going to confess, because if we get too caught up on her reaction, we'll never do it. Her reaction is going to hurt bad. It's not going to be good, I can tell you that. However, stick with it. Make sure that you're standing up on your own. Make sure that you are proud of you, because at the end of the day, nobody is proud of themselves for covering up a relapse, going, I, I kept my marriage together. Yes, but at what cost? At you being a fake and a phony. 
at you being a fraud and you having to go to bed looking yourself in the mirror while you're brushing your teeth going, I have sin that I have not confessed with my wife and it's going to come between us at some point and I'm terrified of her finding out. Well, this goes back to the last point. Eat the frog. Eat the frog. Tell her. Just get it out of the way. But remember that this is about your relationship with you first and foremost. Another thing I'd say is from using IFS. From that, I always say using it from an IFS perspective, right? When you are starting to use internal family systems in this, you need to check in on what part is most scared about the confession. So you go in and you go, okay, the part that's fearing rejection, which really is what drives us to the addiction in the first place, right? The part that's fearing rejection is the part that's holding me back from confessing this. That's why if we don't confess it, it's so difficult to maintain sobriety from then on out because it just builds and builds. We have a secret part that we are afraid will get us rejected. Well, now we're back to square one. That's where the addiction came from in the first place. They would reject me if they knew this. I'm running from the emotions or the shame of this, right? Well, now we've created our own shame. We're running from those emotions. We're running from rejection. We're running from fear. And what do you think is going to happen? What do you think we're going to run to? We're eventually going to run right back into our addiction. And so confession, and scripture is very clear on this. First John 1 of walking in the light and confess your sins one to another, right? James 5, I want to say 16. The Bible is very clear on confess it, bring it into the light, whatever it may be. That's what's going to help us get through this the most. And once again, it's not about their reaction. It's about, are you okay with yourself? But confession is a, a clear path out of addiction, because we are allowing ourselves to be known. And we're looking at that part. We're talking with that internal part. And we're saying, I know you're scared of rejection, but I'm going to choose to utilize the brave part and recognize you're not worthy of rejection just because you've relapsed. That doesn't make you worthless. Doesn't make you anything less than human. I can still love you. And so you can visualize yourself, given that rejectable part, giving the relapsing part, the addict part a hug and saying, you're not worthy of rejection. You're not worthy of hatred. Your wife may not have gotten that memo. She may hate you. She may say you're worthy of rejection, but you're not. So the strength of the internal family has to be strong when you go to confess because if not, it'll eat you apart. You're going to be looking to them going, man, am I worthy of love? If they can, if I can confess and they can still love me, then it's going to be okay. That, no, ain't wrong, wrong, because they may hate your guts. And then what? Then you're going to wallow and then you're going to to say, well, I guess I am worthy of hatred, which what are you going to do to get rid of that feeling? You're going to go act out. If you're looking for the confession to be a bonding moment initially, like immediately, think again. It is something that can bond again. You can utilize it to bond you closer and to grow the relationship. But initially, it's just going to hurt. And we need to be okay with that. But we need to be strong internally enough to say, I'm not worthy of rejection. And I know that if I say this, if I relapse, it, it may get me rejected from other people, but it cannot get me rejected from myself. I have to to stand up for Joe every single time. I have to recognize that a relapse is not worthy of me being hated. It's just part of life. It's, it's part of me being human. I'm not proud of it. I don't want to do it again. It hurts, but mainly it hurts me in the fact that I'm hurting my family for sure, but it hurts me in the fact that I'm not really growing as a person. And I'm going back and it's affecting my relationship with God and it's affecting my self-esteem and it's affecting my relationship with my wife. And yes, it's hurting others. I'm not saying it's not, so don't, don't misunderstand that. However, we're the ones that have to live inside our brain. We're the ones that are affecting ourselves and hurting ourselves by running back to something that's horrible for us, that's throwing us into shame. 
we need to heal the internal parts first. And so confession is about streamlining everything going on internally and making sure that we are not feeling worthy of rejection ourselves. Most of the time when we're scared of confession, it's because we are looking at it as, I know I'm worthy of rejection, and now I have to go bite the bullet and tell them I'm worthy of rejection and face their rejection. We have to reframe the entire idea of confession if that's the way we see it. Confession is an opportunity for me to realign with what's important and with the value of integrity and honesty. It's me being open and vulnerable and authentic the way that I need. It's an intimacy disorder, right? Vulnerability plus authenticity. It's my opportunity to realign myself with those core tenets. It's not an opportunity for me to just get rejected one more time. I may get rejected, but I'm still proud of myself for being open and vulnerable and bringing it into the light. Therefore, I'm not rejecting myself. I'm proud of myself for being willing to admit it. I'm not proud of myself for relapsing, but I am proud of myself for immediately calling it into the light and making sure it doesn't fester and and grow into something worse. That's all internal family systems work. The last thing I will say, which I think is like number five, I I don't know what I'm keeping count, but I think it's like the fifth thing that I would say, and it goes along with eating the frog, but look for moments of clarity and moments where you are feeling particularly strong. And this is going to sound weird, but if you're like me, there are moments where it's like, I absolutely can't say, I'm just not going to, I can't tell them that because that's going to destroy them. And that's going to ruin my reputation and everything we built, built. And she has no idea and we're happy and things are really good. And it's just going to cause so much issue in the marriage. And so we basically convince ourselves that because both of us are happy and she's happy in her ignorance, ignorance is bliss, right? We want to just keep her that way. But I'm telling you that will ruin the marriage, ultimately. If it doesn't today, it will down the, down the line because we like to think if I keep it to myself and I just get sober now, she never has to know about this relapse because what if I go another two years or whatever and, and you know she just doesn't know it. You're missing the opportunity to grow closer in your relationship. You're missing the opportunity to be a man of integrity. You're missing the opportunity to be open and honest and that's not a sober lifestyle. The man looking to cover something up is not living a sober lifestyle. However, getting back to my point, there are times where it's, it's almost like you see the light and it's like, I can, I think I can tell her and it's going to come and go very quickly. If you're like me, this is what happens to me. It's going to come and go very quickly. You got maybe 30 seconds where your willpower just seems like ultra high and you start to feel like, okay, now I can tell her use that, take that opportunity. I don't know if it's the Holy spirit pushing me, whatever it is, but there are times where it's like, I mean, I don't feel like I can tell her whatever it is. And then there's times where it's like, I know I need to tell her and I'm going to, and I know it's going to suck, but embrace the suck. And sorry for saying suck, but embrace the suck. Like it's not going to be good. We're going to do it anyway. We're going to do it anyway because we have to be willing to embrace the things that hurt so as to grow the relationship and be a man of integrity. And so we utilize those 30 second willpower moments and that's when we say it. And your world may fall apart, but you will be, I'm telling you, you will be so happy that you got that off your chest. So look for those opportunities where your willpower is at the strongest, where the spirit's moving through you the most, whatever you want to say. Once again, pardon the expression, but embrace the suck. Be willing to just say, this is not going to be fun, but I'm going to do it. And so we get it out in that moment, and then we see and embrace for whatever comes, um, while fully taking care of ourselves internally, fully recognizing I can validate because I know I'm not worthy of rejection. I know this hurts her, and I can't imagine the hurt that she's feeling in this moment, but I'm going to embrace validating her while also embracing myself and recognizing a mistake does not define me. A mistake, a relapse, does not define you as a person. 
You will rise from this. You will move on. If you let it define you, your relapses will be a lot more. They will not be few and far between. If you let that relapse define you as somebody who's unworthy, it's going to be a problem. So relapsing and and the confession after is truly a... It's one of the hardest things. I'm just going to be honest with you. It's one of the hardest things about this from an individual perspective. I don't have to sit there with the client. They can talk to me and kind of work me through, or I'll, I'll work them through it. I don't have to be there while they're looking their wives in their eyes and having to tell them what they did. That That is horrible. Again, I've been there myself. It, there's nothing fun about it. We just have to embrace it. We have to recognize this is, it doesn't define me, and this is an opportunity to grow the relationship ultimately. And that's so idealistic in the moment, which is why I look for those 20 to 30 second boosts of like, I can do it. I'm just going to do it. Okay, boom, get it out. Let it out of your mouth before you convince yourself that it's too scary. Use those moments uh, and, and use it to be a better person. Use it to create that sober lifestyle of, I told myself I'd be open and honest about everything. I'm going to continue that. I'm going to be open and honest. So I hope this has helped. I hope that's, you know, I'm sure there's advice that I'm missing on the idea of confession. There's so much about this subject. If you do have questions, obviously, as always, let me know. JoeWilkeCounseling at gmail.com. W-I-L-K-I-E for my last name, Joe Wilkie Counseling. I'd love to know your thoughts on this. But hopefully relapses are few and far between and this isn't something you're having to deal with too much. Just make sure you're not allowing sobriety to define you. Allow your hard work and your integrity and your openness to define you. Live openly and you'll find that you don't relapse very often. But if and when you do, people can trust that you're going to be a stand-up man who who sticks to his word. I told you I'd tell you and I'm going to tell you. I told you that I would be, be completely honest, that I would not lie to you, that I would not cover things up. And stick to that. And I have in my marriage. So the times that I've relapsed along the way, I told my wife I would, and I have stuck to it. Even when I've ruined vacations over it, I've ruined concerts, you know, uh, from from times where there's relapses. And, and so all the way back, like there have been times that I've absolutely ruined things. But I also know that my wife trusts me that if I'm struggling, she will know about it. And that gives her a sense of security and safety, even though it's never fun. But now it's at this point where it's Lord willing stays this way and, and by the grace of God, very few and far between. With that, I'm going to wrap this up. I do have one coming very soon on withdrawal symptoms. So stay tuned for that one. But this has been episode 48 of the Get Out of Porn podcast. Thank you for listening. I'll catch you soon.